Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Galactica, 1980, episodes 9 and 10. Troy, I'm beginning to get angry. I was getting angry about five centons ago. If Stedman's responsible for this, he should be made to purchase replacements. That idea's got about as much chance as a snowball in the Sahara. I think it'd be a good idea if you waited back at the ranch. Don't think Stedman's going to stand still for this. Standing, sitting. I'm sure he'll listen to reason. I don't think you realize who you're up against. I don't think he does either. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that has adopted 12 kids to help attract a younger audience. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm Troy, here with my co-host Dylan. What's real, Dylan? Oh, I have to be Dylan? Is he Is he the all-neck? Yeah, he's all-neck. Troy and Dylan. We're basically Troy and Dylan. I mean, we do everything together. We're never apart. Wouldn't it be fun if you and I can just disappear sometimes? Oh, man, just cloak out of the way? Cloak out of the way, and then, I don't know, just still stand in the room and watch people, I guess? I guess so. I mean... It makes sense, I guess. We could do that. We could uh, do the job of one man together. Oh, that's a good idea. Just like split the tasks. But hold on. We're splitting tasks, but it's because we're both invisible? Oh, hmm. No, I think it's just because we don't ever leave each other's side. Oh, I see. Okay. That makes more sense. You just want you just, you just focused on uh, going invisible and like, I don't know, going to the ladies' change room, I assume? It's more just uh, a little peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. This is the last two episodes of Galactica 1980. Mm-hmm. We're all wrapping up now. And uh, I guess before we get into it, I think you've got a little segment prepared for us. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the fan favorite, I've decided, <laughs> which is, uh, if you've seen this game before, but I've changed the name one more time. And the new name is, you have to either live with this person for 30 years on Galactica, okay. kiss on the cheek, because it's a kid show, that's as much as you're getting, Good. or forget to turn off the stun setting <laughs> uh, wonderful that's a great yeah. great one thank you so i have a few rounds and uh you can pick uh who who gets what fate here okay i'm ready all right round one i've called this round handsome lead nice and so the, the choices are as as obvious troy mm-hmm. dylan and then because as we'll talk about in the last episode the third option is starbuck the return yep so again, live with 30 years on Galactica, kiss on the cheek, and forget to turn off the stun setting. Ooh, ooh, interesting. All right. I'm going to live 30 years on Galactica with Dylan. Uh, he seems amicable enough. I think I could, uh, yeah. if Troy lived with him for 30 years, I think I could, I could get along with him for 30 years. Have they been living together for 30 years? Well, I guess they grew up together on the show. I'm not really sure. But he does seem like he doesn't have any strong opinions or ideas. So he'd be pretty easy just to like hang out with. Right. Uh, kiss on the cheek. I'm going to kiss Starbuck on the cheek. I know we've only seen him in this one episode, but he's not very bright like the rest of them. But he's he's more handsome, I think. I thought he looked a little bit like, um, uh, uh, oh, no, I forgot his name forget it erase this okay <laughs> and i guess that leaves uh old troy for the forget to turn off the stun setting hmm. see i don't even know how you could pick between the two of them because they're so interchangeable uh, i think troy is just a little bit more of a dick it's not on the show but he just seems a little smarmier hmm. all right well there you go that's the fate of that one so next round i've well, called it what, oh what sorry did, what did you think I mean, does it matter? <laughs> really? I mean, they're all the same. I mean, let's. Uh, I'm gonna live with Starbuck because he's got some good hair, and uh, I'm gonna uh, just to change it up. I'm gonna kiss Troy, and I'm gonna because Dylan always forgets to turn the stun setting off. I'm gonna do that to him. All right, pretty good. Okay, next round, medical school. This is all doctors. Oh, you got your uh, Doctor Z, the original. <laughs> Doctor Z, the new one, <laughs> and finally. Dr. Spencer. And if you don't remember who Dr. Spencer is, he's the doctor that uh, was dealing with those dead kids for two episodes. Yeah, yeah, that veterinarian they brought them to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. I am going to... Luke, you, you can't pick a three-way with both Dr. Z's. Both are, oh, what a dream come true. <laughs> um, I'm going to kiss on the cheek Dr. Spencer. I remember him being pretty handsome. 
I guess I will live on Galactica for 30 years with uh, the recast of Dr. Z. Hmm. Uh, he's not great, but I don't find him overly irritating. Uh, and I guess that means I'm going to forget to turn the stun setting off for the original Dr. Z. He, the hmm. kid's just like too creepy. See, I, I would have a different opinion. I'm going to live with Dr. Spencer. Is that what you said? No, I no, you're going to kiss him. I'm gonna I'm gonna live with Doctor Spencer because he doesn't freak out about stuff. He didn't even freak out about these dead kids. I'm going to kiss the original Doctor Z, and I'm gonna shoot the new Doctor Z just because of his stupid sideburns. <laughs> All right. Well, what's next? This round is called Randos with lots of screen time. <laughs> First one, Wolfman Jack. Second, the Centurion. You could pick whatever Centurion you like. You could pick the one that was in the Halloween episode or the one in the last episode. I don't know what you okay. prefer. But basically a Centurion that has a lot of screen time for some reason. And then uh, another one for upcoming for this episode we're going to talk about Hector Alonso. Oh, the farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, Good, good question. I am going to... Who is the first option again? Wolfman Jack. All right. Okay, yeah, I got it. I am going to... This is a tough one, but... I think I am going to live on Galactica for 30 years with Wolfman Jack. Interesting. It could be annoying, but it could be a good time. I can't decide. So I'm going to hope it's a good time. I'm going to I'm going to kiss on the cheek Hector cuz he was he's a good man. Uh seemed to love his family and uh sure can't run a farm. Can't run a farm, but I don't want to spend that much time with him. But I can't do anything else but shoot the Cylon Particularly because in this last episode, that Cylon was whiny and needy like no one's business. And uh, I, I think that would just be too much. I feel the exact same way. Same picks for me. Wow. I did not think you were going to go with Wolfman Jack. I thought that would have been uh, too much for you. but No, nah, he's whatever. I mean, we don't have to be roommates, do we? <laughs> I guess we do. Se- I guess that's bedrooms. the exact point. Yeah, separate bedrooms were probably all right. Um, so this round is called Terrible Roles for Women. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. I know it actually was pretty sad. Um, you got your, and, and this will tell you who, based on the options here, you got your Jamie Hamilton, obviously, mm-hmm. who really got really. I feel bad for this actress. Oh yeah, she was but, left out in the cold. Um, I got Nurse Valerie. She's the one that got lobotomized with the uh, with the stun setting. Oh, I remember. And then uh, Shirley Bloor. Do you know who that is? Oh, no, Shirley Bloor. She's the one who was dressed up like Elvira <laughs> in the <laughs> okay. Halloween episode. Honestly, I was looking through like the women characters. Like this is terrible. There's no one. You mean Nagy wife? Yeah, exactly. Naggy wife. Naggy wife, naggy nurse, or naggy reporter. What a dream show. Great work, Glenn mm-hmm. A. Larson. All right. Hmm. I am going to live for 30 years with Jamie Hamilton. I agree with you on that. I, I do feel like she's very amicable and a, a nice person. I could spend some time with her. She doesn't even complain when she has to babysit 12 kids constantly. No, she she really puts up with a lot. I'm going to kiss on the cheek... What's the wife's name from The Vampire Wife? Shirley Bloor. I'm going to kiss on the cheek Shirley Bloor because, you know what? Uh, that costume looked pretty good on her. Yeah, okay. And I guess that means the old nurse is getting uh, shot with a stun that's set to kill. No particular reason, but... Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way, and I figure you might as well just put her out of her misery anyway. She's just sitting there stunned. Just finish the job, you Do know? Do you think that's why she was so brain damaged? They had forgot to set it to stun, and like they had it on like some like medium kill? They don't want to change the timeline, but there's a huge increase in uh, laser-related brain damage in 1980. <laughs> I mean, there was that huge spike in the 40s in Germany, and then it went away. Right, and now it's and back then it went away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the one time they time traveled. <laughs> um. All right, final round. Whoa, there's one more round. <laughs> yeah, one more round. I know it. The fun never stops. And this round is called Distinguished Gentlemen. Okay. You got your Doctor Morton. I knew he'd be here. Yeah, Commander Adama. Okay, and Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks, the old yeah. dire- news director at UBC. Yep, who was in, actually at least in three episodes, right? Oh yeah, he was around for a bit. Doctor Mortensen in two, but mentioned in more. Doctor Mortensen's over there. Don't don't look at him. Don't pan the camera. He's over there. Trust us. This is a tough one. I think I'm gonna live on Galactica for thirty years with Adama, because he just loves a good nap, and I'm I'm on board for that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to, it's a tough one. I'm going to kiss Mr. Brooks, but only because I don't think I'm into kissing that fuzzy cheek of uh, Dr. Mortensen. 
Hmm. And I guess that just means uh, poor Dr. Mortensen, with his hyperboles about Jesus, is going to get uh, lasered. Oh, I, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I'd live with Dr. Mortensen. Interesting man. Lots of books. I would uh, kiss Mr. Brooks, because why not? And then Adama, you idiot who brought us here to Earth, and then we're floating around, you get shot. Not only are you going to get shot, I'm going to send him out in the uh, those little paws to shoot him out in space. And rip off that stupid fake beard off his face. <laughs> he does look much better without that fake beard. Yeah, well. As we'll come to learn soon. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan, that was great. Fantastic game. Thank you. Yeah, I, I put a lot of work into that. <laughs> They're surprisingly good categories. Thanks. Okay, shall we get into the episodes? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here's the IMDb summary for episode nine, Space Croppers. Is that what it's called, Space Croppers? Yep, because they're uh, farmers in this episode. Is that a pun on something? Yeah, sharecroppers. Oh, I think yeah. that's the right pun. Oof, right in if it's not. See, in my head, I thought it was the pun was going to be like, I'm like, space hoppers? Anyways. The lives of all Galacticans are in the hands of Troy and Dylan after a Cylon warship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at that all their hands are in those two dolts. After a Cylon warship destroys the space fleet's farm ship and food supplies have to be replenished immediately from Earth on Galactica 1980. That's a, that's another anonymous one. They, they don't call it farm ships, though. They call them agricultural ships. That person doesn't even know what they call yeah, them. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I actually feel like these anonymous ones that end with on Galactica 1980, they must have been in the DVD or something. I feel like right. they're like copy from the show. And that someone cared right. so little about the copy they wrote, they just called them farm ships. Anyways, so this episode, I'll start off with one thing I think is interesting is what you find right off the beginning of the of the, uh, the episode is uh, the Cylons are attacking the fleet, the Galactican... Uh, Galactican? Is that what they call yeah. it? Sure, Galactican fleet. And it's sort of a very needlepoint attack, which is to attack their agricultural ships, which is actually a great plan. That's a wonderful plan to essentially starve out the enemy. I thought, I was like, well done Cylon. Well, this is nice actually because there's a lot of exposition here not a lot but enough to kind of start explaining what on earth is going on because the Cylons are attacking the agricultural ships or agro ships as they call them because right, yeah. Galactica is orbiting the solar system the Cylons know they found earth they just don't know where it is and they figure if they starve them out they'll have to go to earth and reveal its position yeah it's a good plan I mean I question why they can't figure out which of the what how many planets are there 10 yeah, I know. I mean, they're like, it's got to be Pluto, right? I, they must have some sort of scanners. But it, it's interesting. Like, it does explain where Galactica's been, where the Cylons have been, and what the Cylons are trying to do. I, I finally am like, okay, this might explain a few things that have happened. Also, the Cylons are really vindictive, huh? Like, they just really want to get to Earth just to destroy it? They're not nice at all. They've got a one-track mind, those Cylons. I really liked this battle sequence because it obviously was old footage from Battlestar Galactica but like the aggro ships were these cool biodomes mm-hmm. like the the fighting was really amazing I was watching this I'm like man Battlestar Galactica must have been a pretty cool show if these were like the battle scenes it's almost as if uh, every now and then uh, someone's written an episode or put something in and it's clearly like like oh well we need to have footage from the old show just to like jam it in and it just makes the show so much better and all you can think of is that other show must have been way better than this piece of crap. Well, it's great because obviously, as we've talked about many times, this is all footage cr- stolen from the previous show. And then we cut back to the show they're actually making and Dr. Z and Adama are just watching everything on a TV in a boring room. Yeah, I know. There's not even extras just, with them. Yeah, it's just so dumb. The show sucks. And uh, basically, they're like, we have to start a farm on Earth if we're going to survive. Now that we've lost all our aggro ships... And I guess this guy's been around, but uh, Boomer comes in. Mm-hmm. Is he the guy wearing all yellow? He's, uh, he's, I guess, a lieutenant from the previous episode. We'll actually see him in the next episode, too. Sorry, the previous show. He was like one of the regular characters. Right. And he's talking to Adama about how the mission's ready to go. Troy and Dylan are ready to go back to Earth to start this farm. And he sort of explains sort of why the Cylons can't find Earth. Because they have this squad called the D-Squad or the Decoy Squad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got an idea of how they how they did this every time. I was like, well, that's kind of neat. And uh, this tech, some random tech, walks in in the middle of this conversation. He's just like, "Hey, this this D squad we keep sending out. They keep they keep messing with their controls because essentially the D squad flies out, distracts the Cylons, while Troy and Dylan sneak off to go to Earth." But here's the thing about that: 
that's not what they've been saying all this time. They've they've very clearly and explicitly said in a previous episode, they've now gone down to the planet and they can't get back up. That's why they have all the children there. And not only that, that's why Dr. Z made that stupid little uh, flying saucer because that was the only one that could come up and down. And so now they're like, oh, by the way, they fly up and down from Galactica all the time. So it's like, well, why do they have the children? Why do they have the children? There's a little bit of revisionism going on in this episode, that's for sure. What I liked about this scene with Adama, Boomer, and this rando tech who takes care of the Vipers is he's complaining that the D-Squad pilots keep hacking their turbo button so that they'll launch faster and like go faster and it's like causing stress to the ships or whatever. None of that really matters, but he comes in and says that and we get like a minute and a half montage of ships launching. Yeah, a lot of them. And I don't know whether maybe the episode was running short, maybe, because you'll notice in that sequence when they're, you know, kind of retooling the show saying, oh, Troy and Dylan are here getting ready for this mission. We never see Troy and Dylan on Galactica. They just mentioned they're there. The amount of time, amount of times you see them press that turbo button is hilarious in this show. It's just constant. That turbo button does everything you need the ship to do. Well, And, and they showed it in this episode for like a minute and a half straight it was just like shots of ships launching just repeatedly mm-hmm. the same shot over and over again yeah I, they must have been running like a minute and a half light. like just uh throw in a couple more turbo shots we'll write a funny scene where uh, they're they're doing stuff to their viper also i thought that one guy that you're mentioning the guy who's talking to adama and dr z he, wouldn't it be better if he was played by don knots <laughs> that'd be pretty good actually yeah He's very nervous. Anyway. But that gets us into like the actual proper episode, which is Troy and Dylan landing their Vipers in the middle of the night at this farm. They're going to go talk to this farmer Hector at. Uh, there's a brief scene where they bump into a scarecrow and don't realize it's uh, not a human being. But Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're stupid. But, but excitingly, let me cut in real quick. You did notice, I'm sure, that they're not wearing those stupid jackets for once. That's it. That's the end of the jacket. No brand new costumes this episode. Yeah, and they're they're a little bit country-themed. It's true. I mean, they're about to become farmers. Uh, essentially, they're at this farm because I guess Hector has taken an ad out in a paper that Troy and Dylan have come across somehow. His uh, farm's in trouble because there's a water shortage, and he's looking for someone to purchase a half-interest in his farm and kind of help farm the farm? Yeah, I didn't quite understand what his business plan was. Like, at first I thought, oh, he just needs an influx of money, so he's going to sell part of his property. But it wasn't really that. And then it's like, oh, no, no, he wants people to work for free? But it's it's sort of half it, half that and half the other. Well, what we kind of find out right away is, essentially, there's a richer, more racist farmer who <laughs> <Yeah>. controls <laughs> all the water in the, in the area. And his farm just doesn't get enough water, so he's in a drought. And he is constantly telling Troy and Dylan that basically his farm is going to die whether they buy in or not. Like, he's a terrible salesperson. Well, he's very honest. Maybe he's not terrible. He's just honest. He's honest, yeah. So he's basically saying, like, they, they come and they show up and, like, we heard you have a farm for sale. And he basically says, I have a farm for sale, but you guys don't want it. Like, it's things are not going well. And they're like, I think they will go well. We're spacemen. <laughs> yeah, we're spacemen. Also, I was pretty sure... That one of them was going to nail his daughter. Well, I mean, the daughter was really into Dylan. He does get a kiss midway through the episode. Yeah, a real, real farmer's daughter scenario. I thought there was going to be that whole thing of like him chasing him out of the room with a pitchfork sort of thing, but they didn't go in that direction. It's it's far too wholesome. Yeah. And besides, do you think Dylan would know what to do? No, he wouldn't. He'd have to keep checking his watch the whole time. <laughs> Getting back to this, uh, the adversary of the show, this farmer Stedman who owns a large farm property and basically controls the water because it runs through his property, I guess. Looks a bit like a Texas oil baron. Yeah, that's that's what they have him looking like. He's he's a, he's a bit of a caricature of a villain. True. Uh, Melanie walked by when it was on. She's like, oh, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. Do you know who that is? No, I didn't. It's uh, MacGyver's friend from the show MacGyver. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't remember that. Uh, I think his name's Dana Eller. It's funny if you were to look up a photo of MacGyver, you would immediately recognize him because like oh, MacGyver okay. just has this middle aged friend he's always hanging out with. It's him. It's funny. My my memory of M- MacGyver is uh, uh, not maybe what it should be. <laughs> but yes, this is sort of how how he's holding back Hector. Is he sort of runs or has control over the local farm association? So he can control where the water goes and he also just has a bunch of henchmen he has do his bidding so he's he really is a supervillain of some sort yeah on a very local level can you just do that though can you just if there's a a river running through your property i don't think you can just dam it well the idea i think is he has enough sway with his farm association 
So it's like all done under the auspice of a political move to help with the water supply. It's it's I I think it holds up. I think there's like an idea here that's not actually terrible. Right. Okay. But yeah, Troy and Dylan buy into this farm. They take Hector into town to go buy some seeds for the farm. With his racist henchmen like chase them down in their truck and like throw a cigar in the back and the entire truck bursts into flames. And Yeah, it was some cigar. It was some cigar. And like Troy like is asking why they're so against Hector and he sort of reveals, Oh, I'm Hispanic and they really hate Hispanics and Troy's really upset by this. He he's like, Oh, we gotta do something about this. I got angry five centons ago. Yeah, I wrote that down too. And I, I, I've noticed their time frames of centons is very interesting to me. <laughs> And this episode, what you start getting this feeling of, this is much more of like a quantum leap or highway to heaven episode. This is a self-contained episode where I think this is almost our third or fourth iteration of the show. This one is Troy and Dylan beam down to Earth, deal with um, a problem that someone's having, and leave to go have another adventure somewhere else. That's this show, which is not the show it's been so far. No, well, it's interesting. This is the first and only episode not written by Glenn A. Larson. And I think it shows in the structuring of it. It feels a little more like an episode of television. Yeah, this is the first episode, one, that's a standalone, spoiler, and two, actually feels like an episode of television as opposed to someone vomiting out words. <laughs> Poor Glenn. Can't write a script to save his life. No, he can't. It's, I mean, and it, not only that, but like the show, well, I mean, we can take a little quick little break here. Could you imagine watching this show and joining in at any point and liking whatever the show is. Let's say you're some sick person and you really like the first episode. Well, episode three, it's not going to be that show anymore. And if you're somebody who started watching it, episode three, and you're like, I like the show. But episode five, it's not that show anymore. Like, I've never seen a show in such a short time switch gears as many times as this one has. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Where are the Super Scouts? They're not here. It's just a Troy and Dylan episode suddenly. Yeah, and they make half-hearted attempts to uh, explain things. Not that you really need to know, like, oh, well, the kids were doing this. But they just, like, oh, guys, don't worry about it. The show's this, this now. And then they'll switch back. It's just eh, it's just annoying for a viewer. It's, it's true. Getting back to the episode, um, after this sort of attack on their seeds, Troy and Dylan go and confront Stedman. And there's a kind of interesting. Stedman pretends to be reasonable and says, oh, sorry that my henchmen burned down your seeds. I'll, I'll take it out of their salary and pay you back for it. Yeah, he does it real quick. I was actually surprised about that. Yeah, well, he kind of is playing it like he might be a good guy. But his whole plan in this scene is he's got this horse called Satan who uh, no yeah. one can ride. Yeah, I, I, I can't see where this is going. And he's like, I'm going to get these two doofuses to ride it. And he like says, if you can ride this horse, I'll give you the horse in like $1,000 or something. And we get this moment where like they go up and stand next to the horse. And Dylan takes out his wrist computer, which can, uh, I guess, read horses' minds or something. It, it basically it uh, it sees that the horse is not in a good emotional state, and they press a couple buttons, which apparently change its brain waves. Which would have been a useful at many times if they could do that to humans too. But maybe it only works on animals. Their little Dick Tracy watch. But basically, they calm the horse down, and then uh, Dylan's able to ride it. And the guy's like, "What? What happened?" It's true. Uh, his he's got those alpha waves in his wrist that uh, calm that horse down. Yeah, you know, alpha waves. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. The guy, uh, what's his name? Stedman? Mm -hmm. Why did he make such a bad bet? What he should have said is, if you can ride the horse, I'll give you the horse. If you don't ride the horse, give me all your beans or whatever it is. But he made no um, ulterior ulterior, uh, option for what could happen. It was just like, he just was so confident. He didn't ask for anything in return. I was like, man, bad, bad move, man. He just wanted to, he just wanted to watch a fail video in real life. (laughs) <laughs> right all right i can get behind that well just before this scene starts he makes one of his henchmen ride the horse and the horse throws him into a swimming pool yeah <laughs> they're just fodder uh for comedy those guys but now with their new horse and all their seeds returned to them they kind of come back to the farm and uh they're like well we've got the seeds we're ready to get this farm underway and uh, they get a call from adama and he he's letting them know that dr z says uh, we need this food asap we need you to plant it tonight and Troy is like, we don't have any water. How are we going to do that? And he's like, don't worry about that. We're going to come down. We're going to take care of water, too. Do you just get those seeds in the ground? Also, do, do, do you think they um, they bought, because uh, they, they clearly bought half the farm. What money do they use? Do they use that old Nazi gold? What do you think? Oh, I think they're still using the money they took from the bank robbery. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, poor Hector's going to get nailed for this. Yeah, down the road, is like, these are all marked bills, Hector. Yeah, poor Hector. Aw. But... Hector can't get any help on the farm. There are no farmhands willing to work with him because Stedman has put out a bad word to the farming mm-hmm. community? Question mark. Yeah, I know. Um, so good news. 
here come Jamie and the Super Scouts to save the day. Yeah. They also didn't tell us where this farm is, but I'm assuming it's close enough um, that Jamie could drive all 12 children over in, I'm guessing, a very large van. Well, she shows up in a station wagon. And do you remember the car she originally had in episode one? No, no. She kind of had like a nice convertible thing, I think. Oh, so you think she had to she had to trade it in for a, a station wagon to fit all the I kids? I think she had to buy a station wagon to drive the 12 Super Scouts around all the time. <laughs> and they're, by the way, still wearing their scout uniform. So they've been, let's say, being fair, they've been on for weeks, and they've never changed out of those outfits, and they're living in a park. Those kids are filthy. Oh, absolutely. Well, even when they show up, Hector's just like, hey, what are these kids? How are they going to help us? They're just like Boy Scouts. And B, he's like, where are they going to stay? They're like, oh, they can just sleep in the barn. And the kids are so excited. Like, oh, it's not sleeping outside. <laughs> and doesn't doesn't Jamie, she's like, oh, no, not in the barn, guys. It, it's, she, like, fights the idea of putting them in the barn for some reason. I'm not sure. It might have been Hector or someone. I think there was, like, this weird idea that, like, you can't put kids in a barn. But they, Troy and Dylan are like, oh, these kids are homeless. A barn's a huge <laughs> upgrade for them. Oh, the, these kids are pretty much close to death. Don't worry about them. <laughs> they don't have feelings like us. I mean, yeah, don't worry about them. We never do. <laughs> Yeah, we, we already lost two of them by drinking dirty pond water. Now we're going to have to come do hard labor at this farm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard, though. This labor's weird. No, we kind of flash forward to nighttime because uh, Troy and Dylan are going to, like, use their lasers to dig ditches and, like, use the kids to plant seeds. They don't want anyone to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But old Stedman, he's out there spying because he, uh, he doesn't trust these new men who have joined Hector on the farm. But let me ask you this. So, but right before this, we, we cut back to um, Galactica, and Adama and Dr. Z are having, like, a, I think it's in Dun and voiceover, and they talk about that they're going to send down their best agricultural people down to work on the farm, and you get this shot of the doors opening on the Galactica, and a whole bunch of these, which is funny, because they all are dressed like farmers, and they're all walking down, and then, and the implication is, okay, we're going to send these people down, but then the next thing they cut to are the kids jumping in the air, like, seeding stuff. I was like, well, why don't you just send those people down? Well, I can explain this to you, actually. Oh, okay. Do you want to get into that first, or do you want to get into the seeding first? Let's get into the seeding. Okay. We get this long montage of Troy and Dylan, like, leaping through the air with bags of seed and, like, kind of spilling them across the field. Yeah. Does that make farming better, jumping around? It's funny, too, because we don't actually see the kids do anything. They're just standing to the right. side. It's, it's always just Troy and Dylan jumping through the air with, like, bags of seeds. Yeah. And we have to find it, or let's pull a clip offline. The song that they play while they're <laughs> planting, this is like a montage of planting with what is the most insane song. It's like this really, like, lighthearted, organ-driven song where these, like, ethereal voices are singing the weirdest lyrics. It like I was like, I tried to Shazam it. It's not a song. It was, like, written for the show. I think it's one of their Galactic and uh, Kid songs. Oh, man. It was crazy. I'm like, what is this song that's playing? Um, oh, and a uh, side note, uh, because I read that oral history, mm-hmm. in this episode, Space Croppers, where these men are jumping around, like, seating it, one of the stuntmen, like, broke his leg and pelvis doing that. <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, not, not worth it. But getting back to your previous point about, like, what on earth is going on with these uh, agricultural experts on Galactica, is what is happening is Adama and Dr. Z are going to take the saucer, the flying saucer, and they're going to come back to Earth again. Part of it is because they're going to, like, seed the clouds and make it rain. And there's, like, the educational portion here where Dr. Z explains how rain works. Yeah, it was it was boring. And uh, Adama says, like, we'll bring our agricultural experts down and they'll be farmhands. They'll be able to work this farm. And what it is is they're on that saucer. And so they don't actually oh. land until afterward. Because as we get to the end of the episode, we'll suddenly see there's a whole bunch of people working on the farm. And Troy's like, oh, they're farming students and they're here to help you, Hector. They also right. live here now. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, which, by the way, is not a bad plan. This idea of Galacticans slowly integrating into the world and, and being self-sufficient with their own farm, that's not a bad idea. I Honestly, it works. I, the, the, by the end of this, they have a farming colony set up. I'm like, this is the first time we've seen this show attempt to even integrate into the world they're in. Like, it's the first time this show yeah. has felt like a show that makes sense. Yeah, Now true. that the seeds are planted... The flying saucer arrives. There's this huge, like, thunderstorm stock footage sequence where the rains come. And then we get a crazy time-lapse thing because Dr. Z has seeded the rain clouds with some sort of super enzyme to force plant growth. So we get a time-lapse of all the plants growing really quickly with that same eerie song playing. I know. And I like, though, that he he uh, mentioned earlier that, like, it had to get planted tonight. Like, there's, we're running out of time. It's like, 
but you can take months worth of growth and do it in one night so you can do it anytime you want who cares i think with those with those agro ships gone they're starving to death up there i know well maybe you guys should have jarred some beans i mean like <laughs> it's been like one day it's true it's only been one day everyone could just like hold off a little bit right yeah exactly you're right this episode clearly came in short because we have long sequence of ships launching a long sequence of them talking about precipitation and kids throwing seeds on the ground and now a long sequence of plants growing that probably takes up a good five to seven minutes of the episode yeah i mean it's a weird episode i maybe the best they've done but still a weird episode <laughs> yeah because deadman watched all of this stuff happen like he's been watching through binoculars as people jump to the air as lasers dig like holes in the ground they use their lasers to break the ground it's funny a spaceship arrives in front of him and causes it to rain he the next day runs over to the farm association meeting and like warns them that there are aliens on hector's farm yeah you get this weird little um i guess kind of timely racist sort of theme through the whole show and they kind of play with the idea of um, illegal aliens but you know of course they're real aliens right well that's exactly what happens is he brings the cops back to hector's farm and he has downplayed the actual aliens idea and kind of told the cops they're like they're illegal aliens who and he just leaves mm. out the other part where that'll make him seem insane i guess and the cops are like show us your ids and like one of them's like jamie show him your uh, reporter badge yeah and I, I like that the cops don't do any follow-up in this small town she basically goes i'm a reporter and this seems like a really interesting story and they're like whoa whoa we don't want any bad press about our town so they don't ask troy and dylan who clearly don't have any documentation and the children who don't have any documentation well stedman does push them he's like ask them for their ids and uh, the cop turns to stedman and says well do you have your id on you he's like of course not i don't carry my id with me that's crazy yeah <laughs> he's like and that's everybody it. knows who i am <laughs> but essentially the cops aren't really taking him seriously Jamie starts egging him on about like what he thinks he saw and he starts like admitting he saw a UFO and that the people came from space and basically they gaslight another person because he's right. That's exactly what he saw. But like yeah. they get him to say it and they're like, check this crazy guy out, eh, cops? You should uh, drag him off. They ruin his life. Another successful gaslight by the Galactican. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the members of the farm associations there and he's just like, this is crazy. Let's tear down that dam he has and give Hector water because he's clearly a madman. Well, and I think it's also like uh, they realize how ridiculous it is. And, all, and, and I guess also their point is, look how well he's done without having the resources, even though he hasn't really done anything. I mean, yeah, he's really pulled himself by his bootstraps. So the Farm Association wants to help him out. Right. Even though he's been dying up till now. Yeah. Well, well and also... But are the Galacticans going to share some of this food or is this just their food? Because if it's just theirs, he's still going to die. Well, they only get half of it. They only bought half share. I right. mean, he also now has arguably 50 farmhands living on his property with nowhere to put them and the Super Scouts. Yeah, that's a lot of people. They're all living in the barn, I guess. But essentially, this is the end of the episode. They've established a farm colony on Earth. Uh, Hector's got his farm back up and running. And Troy and Dylan get on their motorcycles and they sort of drive off into the sunset. Or quite literally, they fly off into the sunset on their flying motorcycles. Yeah, and it's an, and it's an earlier clip because they have their old jackets on again. But you know what I like about this? A little bit of world building. So obviously, they're going to uh, add to this in the next episode. And you're going to take this, uh, this storyline a little further, right? Yeah, I mean, why not? Now that they've started this farm and they have to go off to other adventures and know they can always come back to this like Galactica's one colony on Earth. Yeah, they're not going to do something completely different and ruin the show at the last episode. I mean, that's right. This next episode is our last episode, although I don't know if they knew it at the time. But Yeah, and it is something else. Should we get right into Let's it? Let's do it. Here's the IMDb summary for episode 10, The Return of Starbuck. And just before you say it, let me cut you off real quick. For a show that was essentially insane, and it's like someone who didn't know how to make TV, this is just like, you're like, well, it couldn't. how, how much worse could it possibly get? Well, they... They, they just hit a home run with, let's, let's just make this as bad as possible. Glenn A. Larson found a way. Yeah. All right, here we go. Adama, I had a dream. Do you wish to tell me about it? Do you believe dreams are significant? Yes, I do. Not all of them, but some. In my dream, I was not born aboard the Galactica nor any of the other ships in the fleet. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Then who am I? Where do I come from? 
tell me about your dream. It was not a dream about me. It was a dream about a great warrior. His name was Starbuck. Dr. Z describes his dream, which reveal the fate of Starbuck and his link to the lost pilot. That IMDb summary was courtesy of Kenneth Chrisholm. You know what, Kenneth? I think that's pretty much it. It's a very succinct little synopsis. I was quite happy with it. Yeah, it's better than that stupid anonymous one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it starts with Dr. Z describing a dream he had to a, to Adama on the ship. Have we ever seen him talk about dreams before? Because they, they did it as if like Adama's always having to hear this guy's dreams. Every day, he just wakes up and tells Adama about the old dream he had last night. I dreamed I was a dog. It's like, okay, kid. But this time he's dreamt that he wasn't born on the Galactican fleet. And Adama is shocked to hear this. And he asks Dr. Z to tell him about the dream. And Dr. Z starts telling him about Starbuck and what happened to him 30 years in the past. Or I don't know when. Well, I like that he he starts, he asks Adama where he came from. And Adama dodges the question. And I was like, I wrote, I smell mistress. Uh, but essentially, this episode really boils down to, uh, they should have titled it Dr. Z Origins. Dr. Z in this episode, the portrayal is more, much more like he's a child again, um, where previously they had done him as this sort of oracle. You had this, you weren't quite sure, uh, you know, he was clearly the smartest person there. He got a doctorate at one point, and uh, although Galactin doctorate, I don't know if it counts as much, but uh, he... Uh, he's he's this wise person they go to but in this episode he's not shown like that at all it's like he's this confused kid yeah he doesn't know his history he he doesn't know who his father is and this is this is what this episode is kind of all about yeah maybe he should go to his little computer and go uh punch in some things and have it show him his history (laughs) just do a simulation (laughs) yeah simulation but essentially what we get is a flashback for the rest of the episode and starts with uh starbuck and boomer flying vipers battling cylon raiders this is sometime in that 30-year journey to Earth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although I guess it has to be 30 years ago because they haven't been they haven't interacted with the Cylons in 30 years. So what's implied here is this is directly after uh, Battlestar Galactica ended, or or sometime because it didn't Galactica end by them finding Earth. I think that's what it was, or finding a signal from Earth. So it's right around that time is what it is. There, I think they've just begun their journey. Right. I actually don't think it ends with them finding Earth. I think they have a near miss at the end of the series. Oh. Okay. Anyway. They're having this battle. Starbuck, who is a like basically a brand new character to us. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know either. But I'll, I'll, I'll give him this. He clearly has more personality than they bothered to give Troy or Dylan in that entire series. He has a certain charisma, that's for sure. His, his Viper is damaged, and it looks like he can't make it back to Galactica after this fight. And he kind of tells Boomer, he's like, I'm just going to try to go find a planet to crash land on, and I need you to head back to Galactica and kind of live your life it's really weird it's kind of a death sentence it seems like yeah because they're they're like adama's like they're like we got to go back for him and they're like no way we have to go forward we can't stop for a second it's like i think you can well i mean that's what's interesting i guess they're far enough away from galactica kind of doing this run that it's difficult for them to go back for them maybe i know they Mm -hmm. because boomer gets back to the ship he's very reluctant to leave starbuck behind adama now without a beard he's beardless adama uh he looks great without a beard i think yeah, he looks better without the fake beard. That's why I'd spend 30 years with him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, actually, I really like this scene because Adama actually gives, they give this actor a pretty good speech about how they can't go back from how they have to just keep going forward. And like, you can see it breaking his heart because obviously he loves Starbuck and I think they might be related somehow. He, well, he says at one point, he goes, I love you, all of you. But he says that to Starbuck and I was like, that's a weird thing to say. I think in that speech, I love all of you? he might say like, they're rela- I, I missed it and I didn't go back because I'm a bad host, but uh, I think he does imply there's like it's a son or a something. Lover. Uh, but I, I like the speech. I was just like, oh, this is a great speech for his name, Graham or something. I don't know. The, the actor matter. who does it is like, he, he does a good job with it. I actually thought it was one of the better beats of the show. Well, the thing about this is, this is a pretty good premise for an episode. Like the idea that someone's stranded, he has to kind of survive blah 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 whatever beats you want to put in after that that's pretty good and there's also no way there's no reason they couldn't have fit this in with their original characters in some way they could have had them crash somewhere and have to like deal with it and learn like this could have been no Troy reason and Dylan. Could, yeah, exactly there's no reason they had to do this which is why it's so disarmingly weird to suddenly go oh yeah here's a character you've never seen before in nine episodes obviously people had seen the original series did but to go oh and now it's 
this whole story and that's all it is like you never see troy and dylan this whole episode yeah other than adam and dr z and i guess boomer none of the cast who've seen before is in the episode he crash lands uh, in a very big explosion in on this desert planet and it, mm-hmm. it's got three suns and five moons yeah i noticed i actually wrote the same thing i mean it's i'm like whoa this is quite the planet mm-hmm and it's it, it basically what you're getting is, is desolate. There's there's no it, there's no life to be seen. Yeah. He names the planet after himself immediately. He calls it Planet Starbuck. Yeah. And we get a lot of voiceover in this episode, whether it be Doctor A ton Z, of voiceover. Whether it be Doctor Z describing his dream or Starbuck just kind of filling us in on his internal thought processes. Um, but I did like as he was wandering the desert, he has one hope as he wanders the desert. Do you remember what his hope was? Um I don't know. What was it? He hopes that he'll find a primitive race who will worship him as a god all right yeah you know that's the thing his character was was uh for all the irritating uh idea of having this this character suddenly show up he's by far a more three-dimensional character than what we the characters we've seen before in the past and and you're like oh i can see he's an interesting person to spend time with in this episode i mean i may go as far as a three-dimensional character this episode but he's certainly more interesting and engaging (laughs) right uh as he's wandering the desert he comes across a Cylon Raider, one of the ones they just shot down, I guess, in space. And it's kind of crash landed and all the Cylons are dead. And he kind of uses some of the debris to build a little shelter for himself. Yeah, he makes a nice little house out of the Cylon yeah. ship. And uh, about, about three days in, he gets pretty lonely. Yeah. Also, he hasn't eaten anything. That should be his more, more of his concern than his loneliness, but whatever. It only took three days for him to get lonely. Yeah, but you know what I did like? Did you notice his little uh, space blanket and pillow? No, I didn't. It was like your um, classic science fiction thing where it's like super shiny silver. I loved it. I can't wait for us to all decide that we're going to have silver blankets and, and pillows. Isn't that just like one of those like heat blankets you put on when you're lost in the woods? Yeah, but this was a future blanket. <laughs> so to cure his loneliness, he grabs all the Cylons and starts disassembling them until he can make one working Cylon. Mm-hmm. What's that Cylon's name? Oh, he calls him Psy, uh, right? Yeah, Psy. Psy the Cylon. And now mm-hmm. enemies become friends. Yeah, it takes a little while, but... What I kind of liked is there's... Not a lot happens in this episode. There's a lot of like, how are we going to be friends? We're such an odd couple. But we get yeah. we get some like insights into Cylon culture, which I thought were interesting. Since I didn't know much about Cylons from the original series, I guess in Cylon culture, everyone's an equal. And they mm-hmm. all are like on the same team. So they're, they're basically communists. Ooh. That's what the audience does when you say communist. 1980, it was a controversial stance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the goal of the Cylons is actually not to kill all Earthlings or all humans. Is that what they say? Well, they say the core goal of the Cylons is to organize the universe. Hmm. And I was wondering, like, alphabetically or... <laughs> yeah, that's their goal. They want it alphabetically. They're moving planets to make them put them in alphabetical order. Because it, it becomes this thing where he's like, Starbuck is like, well, what happens once you organize the universe? What do you do then? And the silence is like, mm, I don't know. Maybe we'll organize it by like year. I like that you caught all this. I, as soon as they were having their little like conversations, I just tuned out because it was just boring to me to hear the Cylon in his, in his silly Cylon voice. Like, I do not understand. Like a robot. The whole like, this is my favorite part was hearing about the Cylon's inner, inner thoughts. Hmm. I, I, I guess I was also distracted by the ever-present voiceover that, like, seemed to fill in all the gaps I didn't need filled in. <laughs> uh, here's some more stuff we got to learn about Cylons during this thing. The Cylon talks about during the crash, they don't know how to react because it's outside of normal operating procedures to crash, apparently. Mm. And Starbucks makes a joke. He's like, what'd you guys do? Pull out the manual? And the Cylon's like, yes, we did pull out the manual. Yeah, there's a lot of that humor. <laughs> and he says... Like, they took out the manual to figure out what to do during a crash, and just before they hit the ground, they were busy taking a vote as to what course of action they should do. Silly communists. It really is. There's some sort of slam on working together in this. Yeah. Only individualists can survive. Mm-hmm. Very Ayn Rand. Um, it's very funny. And then we get a couple, like, insights into Caprica culture. Not a lot. Mostly uh, a lot of gender talk and, like, the role mm. that genders play and how women are weaker. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what the show is. Uh, there's a lot of that talk from Starbuck. It's not terrible, but it is very like 70s, 80s like discussion of gender. But what it, what it really brings us to, though, with these conversations is he starts whining about basically wanting a woman. <laughs> uh, my favorite part, though, is how Psy pronounces woman. What does he say? Woman? He, call, he calls them womb man. 
Womb man. Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't remember that. He's he's just like, you want a womb man? You know, when they're having this conversation, yeah, because he's basically like, man, I could use a woman. And, the, and then he keeps him and the Cylon are having their talk. I was sure and I was really hoping that when the, so the Cylon leaves at one point, he's like, I'll help you find a woman. And he leaves. I was sure he was going to come back wearing like a dress and a wig. I honestly, even even when he was building the Cylon, I was just like, is Starbuck going to fuck the Cylon? <laughs> <laughs> i know it kept feeling like it was right on the edge of those but they didn't go with it yeah i mean let's put it this way he's been on this, the place the planet for three days when he gets lonely and bills sigh and then what feels like three day, more days pass and he's like taught sigh to play a card game called pyramid and yeah. sigh's trying to learn the rules but starbuck apparently is just cheating so he can't figure out how the game is played yeah he's he's a terrible friend and he's complaining about not having a woman like three days after he's built his new friend. And essentially, Sai is just so annoyed by like being cheated and this guy constantly whining. He's like, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm going to find you a womb man. And weirdly, he does. <laughs> yeah, he walks off into the desert. And when he gets back, he's carrying a woman, an unconscious woman in his arms. Uh, what's his face never goes... He's like, oh, you actually found a woman? And they kind of then, the plot goes in that direction. But he never goes, is, is there like a civilization? Like, did, should I have just gone over those mountains? Is there a whole city over yeah, there? Yeah, it really begs the question of like, where did you get this person from? Don't worry about it. He just found her. It is really great. There's some really good jokes. Well, at least a couple of good jokes in this episode. Because he comes back with this unconscious woman in his arms. And Starbuck is shocked. He's like, she's alive. And the silence says, I assume that is the state you'd prefer her in. <laughs> Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah. There's a chance he was like, maybe he wants her dead. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not bad. And surprise number two about this mysterious desert woman. She's pregnant. And this gets weird. How is she pregnant? She doesn't get into it, but she does keep saying, it's yours, Starbuck. And he's like, how would that work? And she's like, well, you know, spiritually, it's yours. Yeah, I know. And she keeps saying it. And then eventually, like, it's like she just convinced him. She's like, he's like, well, it's not my baby. That's not how it works. And she's like, that is your baby. Yeah, Come yeah. on. And he's like, eventually he's like, he's like, I guess it's my baby. Well, she explains she's from a dimension beyond. So she's not even from mm-hmm. this planet. And she's arrived pregnant with his spiritual child. And she mm-hmm. wants him to build a ship out of the parts of the Cylon and Galactica ship that he's cr- they've crashed with to basically send the baby off to Galactica before the Cylons arrive, tracking down this distress beacon of Psy and uh, that Starbuck needs to prepare for final judgment this is as if you had written a script and then left it on a table and uh, an insane person came by and started making notes because this doesn't make any sense like this is not what the episode is suddenly a woman comes from another dimension and it's insane it's an insane plot line and it also makes no sense yeah it's very strange but starbuck he's on board he acquiesces him and Sai build a ship out of the parts and uh i really love it because even before he found the woman, Sai was very annoyed with Starbuck. And then once he finds this woman, uh, I think her name's like Angela or something like that. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, Angela. Or yeah, I think it pronounced Angela. Yeah. Sai is so annoyed by having this woman in there. Like it's like his best friend has been stolen by like a, a girlfriend or something. Sai mm-hmm. whines and complains so much. Even when they build this ship, he turns to Starbuck. He's like, "We built it without her help." <laughs> yeah. Sai could not be a more whiny robot. Yeah, he really is. At any rate, the Cylons arrive on the planet as predicted. Sai abandons his new human friends. He's like, well, uh, I gotta go. My my people are here. Yeah. Starbuck puts both baby, because the baby's now been born, like in the moments between building the ship and the Cylons arriving. <laughs> he puts the baby and Angela on the ship and he like shoots them into space so he can go meet his final judgment with the Cylon reckoning, I guess. Mm-hmm. and what i liked is he sees the silence coming they start attacking him and i don't know if you caught this he he screams what i guess is an obscenity on uh Battlestar galactica no what did he say i'm gonna try to do my best here he yelled felkercar oh felkercar he shooting at him. he's like felkercar i gotta get to cover i did hear him say frack a couple times which i know is a Battlestar swear word but um they i don't think they've used it at all in this yeah show. this would be the first time they used that one too and as he's like cowering from the approaching three Cylons who are shooting at him. Psy returns. He's decided to side with his good friend Starbuck after all. Hmm. It's just like uh, such a heartwarming story. Can, can I inter, uh, interrupt with one weird little thing you may or may not find interesting? Yes, please. Did you recognize uh, Angela? No. 
So she was also the character of Judith Chapman in Beyond Westworld, the woman in the first episode that got replaced. Really? Yeah. So in 1980, she did an episode of uh, of Galactica 1980 and also an episode of Beyond Westworld. That's the lady that they replaced. Because I recognized her right away. I was like, where do I know her from? Where do I know her from? So I went and looked it up and that's who she is. That's was. amazing. Yeah. Wow. She's a real all-star for us now. Two two series. My guess. Two series. <laughs> and sadly, one, only one episode in each. Well, probably best for her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At any rate, with these uh, Cylons attacking, Sai uses the fact that he's a Cylon to walk out there. And like, it's kind of like a Western shot where he walks out in front of all three mm-hmm. of them. I don't know why the silence are so dangerous because they're the slowest shots in the West. He managed to shoot two of them down before the third one like blasts him. And, you know, Starbucks shoots the last guy and runs over to his dying Cylon friend. And as Cy dies, he says, not human, not Cylon, friends. Mm. And, and they have this little pullout shot of, you know, you're supposed to feel real emotional about about the time they spent, which is mostly just uh, uh, Starbucks cheating him on cards. Yeah, it's been less than a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, why can't he just rebuild him? He already did it once. No, I think they have a line where he's like, he's like, I can never be rebuilt now. <laughs> but you have three more Cylons to build parts from. Yeah, it could be fine. I like to imagine that after this episode ended, he just rebuilt him. Well, I mean, he got, he, he's going to get lonely again. <laughs> it's only going to take three days. And as in this sort of aftermath, as he's, he's lost on this planet with no friends and no help to come, Angela suddenly reappears on a cliffside looking down on Starbuck. Where she judges him. It's it's really weird. And she judges him to be a good man. But also, it's funny because when he shot Angela and the baby into space, the implication was there was room for two on the ship. No, they, they don't imply it. They say it. She said there's room. And he's like, eh. You go. <laughs> yeah, you go. I don't need to be there. She's like, oh, okay. But what it turns out is she just phased back to her dimension and then phased back to the planet to watch Starbuck, like, be abandoned on here, this planet. And then she just phases away again, like just leaving him by himself. It was very much like in, do you remember in Space Above and Beyond, the episode uh, where Hawks was by himself on the planet and What's-Her-Face kept showing oh, up? Oh, Zombie Vanson. Sexy Zombie Vanson. Yeah, it was, a little, it was a little bit like that. <laughs> a little bit like that. I was also wondering, I'm like, if you have superpowers that allow you to phase through time, why not just phase the baby onto Galactica? Yeah, it's because it's stupid and doesn't make any sense. Anyway, this brings us back to present day 1980, and we kind of get a brief glimpse of the baby pod arriving with Dr. Z, and Dr. Z is like some sort of son of, 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 of Starbuck or something, and like this is just like his whole origin. Like him and Adam are like, that's how you got to the ship. Mm-hmm. So he's not a mutation. He's some sort of like Q baby. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they're like, uh, and that's the end of the show. Yeah, Starbuck is stranded still on this planet. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to know about anything that happened before in the nine episodes, and that's the end of your series. Now, yeah, show show over. And that was it. That's the end of the show. Did you see in the, some of the trivia for this episode? Apparently, fans have uh, recut this episode, but recut it in a way that Starbuck gets off the planet because they couldn't stand the idea. Oh, that they brought him for no reason just to kill him again? I think maybe it's like uh, one last episode of BSG, but they didn't want to leave it with him just stuck on a planet, so they've recut it, so he's like, I'll get on the ship too. <laughs> I think... Um, uh, there's no way you could recut this into a good episode. <laughs> I mean, fans take what they can get, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Well, Jordan, any 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 last thoughts on this episode as we wrap up this series? I think this episode, as a standalone, if you take it away from all of the other the episodes and just pretend they don't exist, you don't know anything about Troy and Dillon, you don't know about the premise of Galactic 1980, it's not a bad episode of television. And look, it's not great. There's this whole, the whole thing about her coming from a dimension and it doesn't, here's what she actually said. I wrote it down. When she showed up, she said, I'm from a dimension beyond and I came the usual way. <laughs> I was like, what? that's what she said. I was like, what? This didn't explain anything. Like that stuff's so stupid. But the actual idea of him crashing onto the planet um, and trying to survive and building a robot and all, that's not a bad premise for an episode, but that's not what this show is. And it is insane i was talking to someone and maybe maybe it was even you and i discussing but like could you imagine watching you know friends or seinfeld and suddenly the last episode is about a character you've only heard of before that just and it's like that's the whole episode like well what happened to the characters that i've been spending all this time with don't worry about them that's not the show anymore like it's insane to have done that like who said this was a good idea and then they just made it they made it and then they aired it like it's insane on so many levels 
it's very odd. I mean, to be fair, they didn't know they were going to be canceled this episode. They had another script for one where they were going to bring back time travel and they were going to go visit Cleopatra. Like, they were going to bring back the idea from the pilot and reintroduce it. But you're right. Like, right. for a random episode, like, arguably halfway through the season, odd choice. So, well, what do you think about these uh, uh, these episodes? What do you want to rate them? Um, let's see. Space Croppers? I'm going to give it a six. It's not a great episode, but at least it felt like a, like an episode of television that like made sense structurally to me. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, I put 6.5. Not because it's a, like, this is about as good as this show gets. It was, it had a beginning, middle, and end. The characters had stuff to do. It's not terribly interesting, but there was a little bit of world building. I, yeah, six and a half. What about, uh, what about the return of Starbuck? Now, I'm going to rate this uh, as based on knowing what the rest of the series is, not based on how much I like this episode, because this episode did have some fun little moments and funny moments and blah, blah, blah. But as a last episode of this series, one out of ten. One out of ten. Wow. It's really irritated me that this was the last episode. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I can look at this objectively as, as not part of the series, but even as a standalone episode, yes, it has actually some cool science fiction stuff, which is a change for this show. But mm-hmm. it is still a mess. Like, structure, like, where does this woman come from? Who cares? Why is she pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> like, why are we with this character? I don't know, because we're giving Dr. Z an origin story, I guess. It, it doesn't make, I'm going to give it a three. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the final rating here for the entire series. Do you want to you find out what this was for us overall? Yeah, it feels like, it feels like a, a million centons since we uh, went over the scores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me two seconds it's gonna be low i think it's gonna be our lowest show all right jordan the final score for galactica 1980 mm-hmm. 4.28 Ooh. so we we would have uh what do you, we call it yeah uh, the escape pod tm we would have used that big time but the short show was too short it was very short show it was not a very good show that's for sure and schizophrenic if anything <laughs> Mm, yeah that's that's a good way of saying the show i think this is i mean it's on in, in terms of the uh, like quality of the show in terms of like special effects and stuff i mean it's probably a little bit better than beyond westworld which came out the same year i mean like they didn't use as many hilarious um uh, uh mannequins and stuff but and but i mean obviously they cribbed from their own show and stole footage and stuff but in terms of like a show i can't imagine any viewer staying on for more than an episode like there's no way and like the network must have known that like the show changes constantly what the show is the tone of the show it just it's it's just a mess of a tv show well, i think you had told me too is they did this weird starbuck episode that none of the leads are in and when the leads saw the script for it didn't they like have an uprising yeah so apparently what happened was you know they didn't know they were going to get canceled and apparently the guys who were playing Troy and Dylan were very unhappy the entire time making the show. And for and for reason. They, you know, they had been sold on one thing and the show had become something very different. They they didn't want to do super scouts. They were unhappy. Uh, they didn't like the material they're given, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I guess it had kind of come to an head and they're in their dressing room or wherever they were. They received the script and saw that not only were they not in the episode, but they were bringing back a character from the original show. And they basically were like, we're walking. We're not going to do this show anymore. And that's when they found out they were canceled. So you're right. There was a, supposed to be an episode where they go back to Egypt that never got produced. But they had already said they were not going to do it because they were so irritated at, uh, at how they were treated over the course of the show. And then specifically with this episode. Right, right, right. I mean, it's very weird. I, I, in that in that uh, oral biography I read, or that oral history, uh, there's a little bit of talk about uh, how the cast got along. Apparently, Troy was very difficult to work with anyway. He uh, really mm. he really was mean to Jamie. So I, I don't know how much stock I'd put in his opinion of things. But. You know what? He probably uh, you know, thought he was going to be a star, thought he was going to be a star of a show, and then was like, I'm not a star of this show, and then just probably took it out on everyone. Well, that's, that's probably true. Well... Jordan, what do you think? Recommend this to people or no? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I would say this is a, a real pass. It's so bad. It's so bad. Can you even think of one episode you'd recommend to someone? I think when we watched it, I said watch the second episode where they're in New York. I'm trying to remember that. the night the Cylons landed, the second part of that one. And I still mm. think if you're going to watch one, at least that one has Cylons in it, it has Wolfman Jack. They are it's so weird they go to that broadway show and they, they do oh the yeah, dance right, and yeah. then there's like a uh, it doesn't make any sense at all but 
it was probably at least the most engaging version of that madness. I would just pe- tell people to watch the baseball episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like the baseball episode is the quintessential what is wrong with this show. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Anyways, I I guess we'll just have to assume that all the um uh everyone died on on the planet Earth in 1980 because the farm didn't do well and uh they ate those kids. <laughs> that's it. What an ending. What an ending. That would be a better ending than what we got. So, <laughs> so that's it for this show. And uh what are we going on to next? I think I don't remember. We are going to watch a uh, TV movie slash pilot called The Invaders. Oh. And I don't know I don't know anything about it. I, I can't even remember. This is sad uh, because we, we uh, downloaded this a long time ago, uh, months and months ago, and have just, I guess, we're going to be getting around to it now. So I don't even know the era of this show. Is this a new show, an old show? I just know that I have a file called The Invaders and it's sitting on my computer. Great. Uh, it was downloaded completely legally. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i paid for it i i meant i bought i bought the i bought the uh the, the blu-ray of it that's what i mean oh good we're safe now all right yep if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime and let us know anything we might have missed about galactic 1980 or your thoughts on the show you can get a hold of us at continuum drag at gmail.com or you can uh follow us on instagram and twitter where we're always posting clips from these shows or little images and we also can talk more about the show with you i guess i don't know why you'd want to but we can Someone will want to, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jordan. uh, Good episode, and I guess I'll see you next week. Yeah, I'll see you in a senton. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Ruxiedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, and Dwayne Wright.